0: Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message.
1: You may be seated. Open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Now we are almost halfway through our 40-day challenge. So how many of you have been reading along with the devotional? Good. Majority of you in here tonight, and so we're gonna pick off somewhere where we are in the devotional this week. Isaiah 60, verse 2.
0: Now, as you turn there, of course, the devotional on iTunes is for free. You can download it today when you leave the experience.
1: On Amazon, it's for its lowest allowed price of 99 cents. You can download it from there, read along with us. Isaiah 60, verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. The whole world is covered in darkness. How many of you know that? The whole world is covered in ignorance. People, believers and non-believers, walk in darkness and ignorance all of the time. How many know that? Just because you're saved doesn't mean you know everything. Go to Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. This whole world is wrapped in mysteries in secrets and darkness and ignorance. And sadly, too many Christians walk the same way. Imagine you are in a dark room that you could barely see and you're blindfolded. And someone tells you the only way to get out is you have to find these few items. How many of you know it's like a needle in a haystack? Stumbling around. What if there's something dangerous in that room that you can fall on, that you can pierce yourself with, that you can injure yourself with while you're trying to find what will help you? That's how many people live their life. Stumbling here, stumbling there going here, going there, tripping here, injuring themselves here. Some people stumble into greatness. Some people stumble into success. But you ask them, how do you do it? I'm not sure how I did it. It just happened. Right? But how many of God doesn't want us to live that way? Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. It says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever That we may do all the words of this law. There are things that God knows that you don't know. That's not deep. How many know we don't know everything? How many believe God knows everything? So there are some secret things only he knows. But what he reveals belongs to you. Say what God reveals belongs to me. But then here's a promise to stand on. The revelation God gives you, your children can walk in too. So that's something you should stand on. My children walk in the revelation that I have and greater. Because see, if the Lord tarries, I expect my daughter to walk in far greater revelation than I ever get to in my 120 years. Why? It shouldn't decrease. It should increase. God is never doing anything in a decreasing measure, as Smith-Wigsworth said. God is always doing things in an increasing measure. It's always an ongoing force. Go to Proverbs 25 verse 2. The secret or the hidden things belong to the Lord our God. But some people are willing just, well, they use that and they can use it rightfully when there's things that happen and they don't know why it happened. So they say the secret things belong to God. And that's true. But we can't just throw that scripture every time something happens and we don't know why it happened. Because that's not theology, that's laziness. Spiritual laziness, blaming it on religion. We don't know why things are going on, so, well, it's a secret unto God, and maybe one day in the sweet by and by we'll find out. That's not how God wants his believers to live. Look at Proverbs 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal or hide a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. God is not hiding things from you. He's hiding things for you. Remember, the Bible says you are kings and priests. It is your honor to search out the things that are hidden. And it's not like God is trying to play the master game of hide and go seek or having this Easter egg hunt that is so hard for you to find one little egg. It's hidden so that you can get it. Go to Matthew 13, verse 11. God does not want you to walk in darkness. God does not want you to be ignorant. God does not want you to be ignorant. Why? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So Matthew 13, 11. Notice something Jesus says here. He answered and said to them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So there is a group that gets the mysteries. The word mystery is secrets. So there's a group that God will reveal things to. And there's another group that they won't understand it. That's why when you do certain things in your life because you have revelation of the word of God, there are people in the world or people in the church who don't understand and they think you are stupid. They think you are foolish. Like, how could you do those things? Why would you do those things? How would you even think about those things? To them, they can't see it. To them, it is a mystery. The kingdom of God is wrapped up in mystery. It's wrapped up in secrets. The kingdom of God is the power of God. It is the anointing of God. It's how God does what he does. And it's wrapped up in mysteries and secrets. So not only is the whole world covered in darkness, how God does what he does is in a mystery, but it's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. And as you look in this passage, Jesus says next, for whosoever has to him shall be given. And he shall have abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away, even that he has. Like, that's not nice, Jesus. But what is he talking about? Have what? Back up to verse 9. Context is always king. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. So those who have ears to hear will get more. Those who don't have ears to hear will lose what they have. So this is not talking about unbelievers losing what they have. There can be believers who don't have ears to hear anymore, and they lose a revelation they once had. Faith is a leaky substance. Just because you are a giant in faith 10 years ago doesn't mean you have any faith today. Faith must be constantly replenished. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And notice, it's not just general faith. It's faith by subject. Your faith can be strong in one area and weak in another. That's why you have to continually build your faith. And if you know your faith is weak in one area, take time to build that area up. If you have ears to hear, you will receive more. The fact that you pressed your way through Atlanta traffic on a Wednesday night lets you know you have some ears to hear. But the thing is, it can't just stop with you Wednesday and Sunday. You have to be in the Word every single day. But Jesus also said in the Gospel, "Take heed how you hear." So that means you have to pay attention how you are listening. How are you receiving the Word? There are times you'll hear a word preach that you can just be honest: with, I have no idea what they're talking about right now. Have you ever been there? I've been in Brother Copeland meetings. And he'll be preaching something. It's great, but you're like, I, I need to listen to that again. I'm mean, familiar with this ministry. I remember Pastor George Pearson was talking about Brother Copeland was preaching on something. I think the problem was concerning the glory, but it was just a lot. And the Lord said, It's okay, put your nail back down. Just sit there, listen. You'll come back to it. But what happened? Just because you weren't in a condition to get it that day, thank God you have the technology to listen to it again. And thank God you have the hunger to try to go after it some more. So just because you didn't get it the first time doesn't mean, well, I will never get it. No, you have ears to hear. And you have to go and listen to it again. And again. And again. Because the word is alive. It will always speak to you. And one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, it is going to help you For lack of better word, digest deeper revelation that comes from the word. How many know digestion is important? Especially after some of the Easter dinners some people had this Sunday. Digestion is important. Now, if the word is like food, we want to make sure we're receiving all the nutrients we get from the word of God. Go to Isaiah 64 verse 4. So what is a way to access these secrets of God so we don't walk in ignorance? Because if we know these secrets, if we understand these secrets, if we apply these secrets, we would have the power of God working in every area of our life. And what can stand before the power of the almighty God? So Isaiah 64.4. Isaiah 64, 4, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear. Neither has the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he has prepared for him that waits for him. Notice what the prophet's saying. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard what God has prepared for those that wait on him. So there's a key here. That God has prepared things for those who wait on him. Those who spend time waiting on him. Something that's foreign to our generation because we don't like spending time doing nothing. We like things happening right now. So there are meals that might have taken all day for previous generations to make. And you're like, you know, I don't got time for that. Let me get some out of the freezer and throw it in the microwave. We like things now. But sometimes when we go to prayer, we take that same mentality. Well, God, you haven't done anything in 10 seconds, so it must not be working. You have to wait on God. You have to wait in his presence. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. The key here is the word wait. And it's an art to waiting in the presence of God. Keeping your mind clear enough thinking on Jesus. Because you can start, it's like, well, I'm going to wait on God. And you're good for about five seconds. And then everything else you could be doing comes to your mind. And you're like, no, 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 I've got to think about Jesus. Ten seconds. I'm kind of hungry. Oh, what did I eat yesterday? That was really good. That restaurant was really good. Yeah, they have a special going on today. Oh, no, no, Jesus. It takes an art to wait on God. But notice 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom, one of the key things of this passage is wisdom, among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. So Paul is saying, We preach wisdom on those who are mature. He says, For the younger, you can. Younger spiritually, you see early in this verse, passage, he says, we preach Jesus and him crucified. That's all we preach. Now, some people say, yes, you should only preach Jesus and him crucified. But Paul said, this is what we have to preach to the baby Christians. That's all we do. That's all they can handle. But unto the mature, we preach wisdom. Notice how it keeps going. Even the hidden wisdom. Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So they speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden or secret wisdom that God ordained or prepared before the world began for us. Say, there's wisdom laid up for me. Say, there are secrets laid up for me. Say, it's for my glory. Knows what it said in verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, he's quoting Isaiah 64:4, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Wait a minute. I thought Isaiah 64 said for those that wait on him. It did. There is a connection to loving God and waiting on him. Because if you only want God to be your genie, you only want to rub the magic lamp and ask for your wish and get get what you want, put God back in the lamp and go live your life, I question if you love him. I don't question your salvation. I'm not questioning if you're going to heaven. I'm questioning is, do you really love him? Because if you love somebody, you are willing to spend time with them. Especially if your love language is quality time. God has emotions. How many know that? God has emotions. He's not an emotionless spirit up in the sky. He has emotions. Where do you think you got him from? How many know that he likes people to spend time with him? So you being willing to take time out of your day to spend it with him, is an act of love towards your heavenly father. And for those people, there are things that are laid up that I hasn't seen. There are things laid up that ear hasn't heard. There are things laid up that hasn't even gotten to anybody's heart. No one has imagined the wonderful things God has prepared for those people that love him, those people that wait on him. Now, we can just stop there and think that's marvelous. That's wonderful. I wonder what God has laid up for me. How wonderful, how grand, how marvelous is it? But you got to read the next verse. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. So what for millennia that eye hasn't seen, what for millennia the ear hasn't heard, what for millennia people have not been able to imagine what God has laid up, the Holy Ghost is revealing it right now. It does not have to be a mystery to you anymore. It doesn't have to be a secret to you anymore. You can know it right now. Say the Holy Ghost is revealing those things to me. It says for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. What things is he talking about? Context is king. The things eye hasn't seen, the things ear hasn't heard, the things that have not entered into the heart of man. Those things. And notice those things aren't things you have to pay for. It said those things have been given to us. Freely, past tense. Go back a second. All of those things that people couldn't imagine, that they couldn't see, they couldn't hear, you have them right now. You have access to them right now. Hold a finger here, go to Ephesians 1. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places or in heavenly things in Christ. Half, past tense. You have every spiritual blessing right now. You have access to every spiritual blessing right now. Now, whether you walk in it and enjoy it is a whole nother subject. But it's yours right now. Now. It's yours for the taking, yours for the living right now. Verse 13. Which things also we speak. So this is what Paul's preaching among those who are mature in Christ. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which are the words that the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Holy Ghost has his own language. He has words. He has things which he teaches that is above what men know. But how many of you want to know those things? How many of you want to walk in those things? Then go to chapter 14. The Holy Ghost is actively wanting to reveal those things. And they will be revealed to you as you spend time waiting on God. As you spend time in his presence. Now let me add to this. Yes, you, could, you should spend time at the beginning of your day in his presence. Now some of you work night jobs. So your beginning of your day is not 6 a.m. It could be 5 p.m. Some of you work super early in the morning. So the beginning of your day is 3 a.m. So whatever is the beginning of your day, you should spend it in God's presence. But that shouldn't be the only time of the day you communicate with him or wait on him. You have to learn the art of being in his presence no matter where you are. So instead of being mad at what happened on 85 or 20 or Buford Highway or all the other places that we keep getting reports on every day, don't, instead of being upset that you have to be in traffic an extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, however long, take that time and spend it with him. You don't have to close your eyes. Please don't because you're going to shut down another highway. But he'll be with you even in that car. He'll be with you in that extra traffic. Invite him in. He's a gentleman. He's not going to take over. A lot of people think, well, if God wants to do something, he's just going to rush and he's going to grab me and he's going to shake me and tell me what he wants. No, he ain't going to do that. He's a gentleman. If you want him in your car, invite him. If you want him in your house, welcome him. That's why we sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Or even when we sing songs say come Holy Spirit. We're not saying he's not here. We're saying he is welcome here. He's everywhere. But he's not welcomed everywhere. He's not even welcome in every church. But you welcome him into your life. You tell him you can have your way. I want to spend time with you today. And you can do that wherever you are. You can have a wonderful time in God no matter where you are. It doesn't matter what crazy is going around you. You can be shielded from the crazy because you're in the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, how be it in the spirit, he speaks what? When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are speaking mysteries. That word mysteries, as we've been looking at tonight, is divine secrets, plans, and purposes. Anytime you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you can be praying about the things that we've been reading about. Notice what says next, but he that prophesies... Speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. If you want to build yourself up spiritually, you have to spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. And not just a couple minutes. You have to spend significant time praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 1.20, build yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, just think about it in terms of our devices. How, most of the devices cannot be used a whole day if you just plug it in for five minutes. Right? If you're just only using it to call people, maybe it lasts that long. But most of us use our devices to do 1,005 things. If your spirit was like your device, how much can God use you? How much time do you spend praying in the Holy Ghost? How much time do you spend praying in tongues on a daily basis? Keep your finger here. Go to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 28, verse 11. Isaiah 28, verse 11. It says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And go to Matthew 11, and we'll go back to 1 Corinthians a moment. Praying in other tongues will refresh you. And I'm not talking about just praying for a couple minutes. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in your heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is interested in you being refreshed. God is interested in you having rest. One of the ways you receive refreshing spiritually is by spending time praying in the Holy Ghost. I went on a five-day vacation a couple weeks ago, and one of the things I was able to do, because we're going to visit family in another state, the beach was only 40 minutes away. So I went to the beach, put my headphones on, put worship music, and I just walked for hours praying in the Holy Ghost. That's all I did, prayed in the Holy Ghost. Prayed in the Holy Ghost. Now, I got these earphones in so people think I'm singing along so I don't look crazy walking up and down the beach. <laughs> Come on, let's plant into this. And so I head back to where we were staying and I felt like I had rested for hours. I felt spiritually refreshed because I took that time to employ the gift God has given. That if you want to be refreshed spiritually, you need to take time praying in the Holy Ghost. Which is why this part of the 40-day challenge we're at, you saw in your challenge to start praying in the Holy Ghost at least one hour a day. Here's the prophecy we took from Dad Hagen that we put in the devotional. The Lord said through him, don't take up all your time with natural things. Some of those things are legitimate. And it's all right to take a certain period of time there. But see to it that you give heed, watch, listen to, pay attention unto your spirit." And you give your spirit opportunity to feed upon the word of God. And you give your spirit opportunity to commune with the Father above. And build yourself up on your most holy faith. It doesn't take a lot of time. Just an hour or two out of 24. Just pay a tithe of your time unto me, says the Lord. And all will be well. Your life will be changed. It will be empowered And you will be a mighty force for God. And so I was listening to Sister Gloria Copeland preach. And she was at this meeting in 1982 when the Lord spoke that through Dad Hagen. And so she said, well, the Lord said, all will be well if I do that. So I'll take an hour a day and pray in the Holy Ghost. And so that's what she's done. Because after you do this a couple weeks, you've prayed a whole day in the Holy Ghost. You've prayed a whole day and have refreshing. And then she was preaching. I think the message I listened to was over a decade ago. And she says, you know, I realize all is well in my life. And I attribute it to praying in the Holy Ghost at least one hour a day, every day. Imagine what your life will look like if you spend that one hour praying out mysteries, praying out what eye hasn't seen, praying out what ear hasn't heard, praying out what hasn't entered into the heart of God. It's like, oh, I need my sleep. You can wake up a little earlier. I was talking to someone on the phone today and called me. And they're talking about how they were trying to avoid a dramatic situation yesterday. They said at which I was trying to avoid the drama. I was cutting the head off the snake of the drama. I was not going to be involved, but it kept following me. So he said that night, you know, I got into the word, got on my faith about it, and I spent time praying in the Holy Ghost. Kept praying in the Holy Ghost. Normally I would try to go to sleep this time, but it seemed God wanted me awake to, to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. So I said, I went to sleep. I got such and such amount of hours to sleep, shorter than what I would. And I woke up early and felt fully refreshed. What happened? Instead of being consumed by drama, he yielded his spirit and prayed in the Holy Ghost. We have to do that more. On a consistent basis. Picking up with verse 13. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. When I take time to pray in the Holy Ghost, I begin to recite these scriptures to refresh my mind and my spirit. As a father, I thank you that the secret things belong to you. But what you reveal belongs to me and my children that we do all that's in your law so we can live the blessed life. I thank you that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, hasn't entered into the heart of man, what you have prepared for those that love and wait on you. But you reveal those things to me by your spirit and the words that he teaches. It is given to me to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Then I add, it's given to me to know the mysteries concerning my life. It is given to me to know the mysteries concerning Faith Christian Center. It is given to me to know the mysteries concerning reaching my generation. It is given to me to know the mysteries concerning the glory of God. I begin to say things he's put on my heart that I'm supposed to do. And then, as Father, you said when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I pray in tongues, I pray out mysteries, divine secrets, divine plans, and purposes. So I begin to pray out these things right now, I yield my spirit to pray, and I pray that I may interpret those things. Then I take time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, do I need an interpretation of everything I pray in tongues? No. But because I'm already speaking in faith, if I need that interpretation, it will come to me. Whether it's while I'm praying or while I'm living life, something, a wisdom will come to me, knowing exactly what to do for a situation. What is that, the interpretation, what I pray in tongues before? A lot of times people go, oh, aha, I got that big light bulb. That's because you prayed. It came exactly when you need it. So pray that you may interpret what you pray in other tongues. But not everything you pray needs to be interpreted at the moment. Verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So your spirit is doing the praying, but your mind doesn't know what you're saying. So what do you say? What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when you shall bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you say? For ve- thou verily giveth thanks well, but the other is not edified. So when you're giving thanks over your meal or praising God at church, you can praise God in other tongues. You know, the Psalm said, if I had 10,000 tongues to praise God, it wouldn't be enough. Well, thank God you got the Holy Ghost. You run out of words in English, you can switch over. Oh, now I'm going to praise you in the spirit. And Paul says, when you do that, you praise God well. But how many know over Thanksgiving dinner, that's probably not the best time to thank God in other tongues? Unless you are all spirit-filled, and you can do that if you want to. But if you have people there who aren't spirit-filled or not even saved, that's probably not the time to bless the turkey in other tongues. Even though what you're saying is right. Even though what you're doing is right, but it's not the right time for it. So there are times when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, what you're doing is you're just thanking God. You're praising God. Remember, it talks about in the book of Acts they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they heard them magnify God. There are times when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're magnifying God. You're talking about how great he is, how big he is. What happens when you magnify something? It gets bigger in your sight. It doesn't change. It was always that size. Just to you, it's bigger. So if you spend more time praying in the Holy Ghost, magnifying God, after a while, God in your mind is bigger than the situation you're concerned about. And if in your mind God is bigger, God can handle it, God will handle it, you're releasing your faith. Because what happens if you're praying in the Holy Ghost, Romans 8 says you're praying the perfect will of God. So you may know not what to pray. That's a limitation, Romans 8 says. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you go beyond your limitation. And you have to stay living beyond your limitation if you want to go places you've never gone before. Then Paul said in verse 18, I would that you all speak in tongues. But notice what he said in verse 18 this time. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. The Amplified says more than the entire church at Corinth put together. Now, the church of Corinth was a tongue-talking church, but he says, I pray in tongues more than all y'all put together. Paul was serious about praying in the Holy Ghost. That's where he got the revelation from. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And you know you got to have something to say if you write the Bible. But then Peter said in his letter that brother Paul is deep. Because he talks about things that are sometimes hard to understand. Now, Peter walked with Jesus for three years. He is the leader Jesus chose. Now, you know you're deep when Peter says, dude, Paul, he's something else. How did he get that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. What was he doing? Accessing mysteries. Accessing divine secrets. So instead of walking around the room blindfolded in darkness, The eyes of his understanding have been enlightened. There's no more blindfold. The light's on so he can avoid the pitfall here. He can avoid the injury here. He can go to the place he exactly needs to go to get what he needs to get. But that doesn't come with praying in the Holy Ghost for five minutes. That comes by praying and taking serious time to pray in the Holy Ghost for at least an hour a day. Now, the thing is, your life could be so scheduled and jam-packed that you may not have a continuous hour, especially if you have little kids. So, what do you do? Take 15 minutes here, take 15 minutes there. Be a treasure hunter for your time with God. Look for time to spend with Him. It's like, well, I only got five minutes here. Well, take that five minutes and make it quality five minutes. This is what you have to do on a consistent basis if you want to walk with God and walk in his power. It's not new revelation. It's just doing the things we know to do. Because God has something special for
0: us. But we'll never walk in it if we don't do what we know to do. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Spend time praying in the
1: Holy Ghost more and more. In the devotional, we have a few more days, we'll be teaching on it. It's going to build
0: your faith concerning praying in the Holy Ghost. This is something you have to do. Amen? So
1: before we go, let's just take a minute and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Pray the Holy
0: this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at fccga.com. That's fccga.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.